event organizers. Get ready to level up. To level up. You're listening to the Event Academy Live podcast, where we elevate motivated event organizers. This podcast is brought to you by Fusion. All the event ticketing features and support you need for one low price. Check them out at GetFusionSolutions.com. Now, it's time for your host, Jake Spurley. Hey there, welcome to this week's episode of Event Academy Live. While I'm on my haunted house, like, bonanza right now, I've got Devin Price from Nightmares on the Rogue, which, oddly enough, is just a couple hours south of me. He's in Medford, Oregon. I'm in Eugene, Oregon. Devin, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you bet, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun. You know, interviewing folks all over the, really the world about their event, it's fun. But when you get to talk to somebody <laughs> that is in your same state, like they're just right down the road. I'm sure I've driven by the building he operates out of a hundred times. It's just a different feeling, right? Because to some degree, we're talking about our local community. You know, obviously I'm not in the Bedford community, but we're all kind of the same. We're like one big Oregon, Oregon happy family. So Devin, for folks that don't know about Nightmares on the Road, Catch up to speed. What is the haunted attraction? Tell us a little bit about it and how kind of you got started in this world. Yeah, so um, Nightmares on the Rogue is a walkthrough Halloween attraction. Um, we call it a Halloween attraction, not haunted house, because there's a certain connotation with haunted houses, and I think that a lot of people don't understand it's a lot more. Um, the the industry has just grown tremendously. Halloween, I think, in 2022 was an 11 billion dollar industry haunted attractions were almost a billion of that um to the fact that the national trade show is so big that escape games and christmas lights had to piggyback on that so um it really encompasses these immersive experiences and that's what we wanted to provide with nightmares on the rogue um we wanted to create a family oriented but still super scary walkthrough that is similar if indiana jones was a horror film so we wanted it to have a storyline a concept we wanted it to be almost a horror adventure-esque um, type of feel. So that's what our goal was and what we set out to do. We're located, like you said, in Medford, Oregon, about 20 to 30 miles north of the California border. Um, our city has about 90, 98,000 people, but around 250,000 in the Jackson County, so within a half hour. So a medium-sized city and um, a city, quite frankly, that is really, um, needing more family and just fun entertainment, seasonal entertainment. So we saw the need for that in this community and the niche. And um, me, myself, I'm originally from Salt Lake City, Utah. And there, there's these mega 40,000 square foot haunted attractions where 60,000 people come through. And so I grew up with the mindset of haunted houses being like a walkthrough horror film. They actually got people from Hollywood to move these sets into these buildings in Utah. And so. Um, my mindset was like, this is just not attainable unless you have an endless amount of money and resources. And quite frankly, after moving out of the area, I saw how feasible it is to to start a haunted attraction. So um, moving into the area, there were a couple that existed and they were just very different um, in a good way than what I was used to. And I kind of opened my eyes to what haunted attractions could be. And so um, this was in 2018, I ended up I'm working for a nonprofit and um, 
ended up moving to becoming the director of that and we had we had a youth center so um we did after school program summer program tutoring center preschool um and we were all centered around um educating kids and we were looking for this was in 2019 a good fall fundraiser that could one generate money and two have our students involved and so i kind of pitched the idea to the staff what if we did a haunted house and um at first half the staff was kind of like what's a haunted house um they didn't have that same mindset of what the event could be um and so i had it was a lot of videos that i had to show and a lot of educating and kind of got everyone on board and we spent that first time 30 days we got all the kids involved we were doing set decoration costume decoration um latex props latex um appliances um and really created um a way better experience than we should have been able to in 30 days and the kids loved it the community loved it and right there i kind of saw that that dream i had when i was a young kid was attainable now and so um fast forward uh we were hit with the pandemic we unfortunately were not able to open in 2020 um but moving into 2021 i saw that there was still that need and that um build up for for a haunted attraction uh, so me and my wife, um, we had to close down the youth center during the pandemic, but we still wanted to keep the haunted attraction alive. We ended up um, creating a business together, finding a location. Um, then the rest is is history. We um, really put in a, a lot of time and effort to focus on our customers and to be a customer-based um, experience. Our first year we had uh, Midway with four food vendors, a fortune teller, um, we had um, people on stilts, very carnival-esque atmosphere. We had a concept that we held on to. Our, everything we did within the haunted house was tied to that concept. And we really strived to create an experience that was different than what was going on locally at the time. Um, and so leading us to today, we're, we're now feel like we have our footing in where um, this next upcoming October, I, I really think that when when people come into our haunted attraction, which is a has a mind theme, a haunted mind theme, you're really going to feel like you're in a mind the whole time. And so um, kind of the abridged version. Um, but our, our end goal is just to create fun um, Halloween experiences and immersive experiences for families and everyone in the Southern Oregon, Northern California region. There's there's so many things I can like go back and now like touch on and like spur off of here. And I think one of the big things is that you went into a city that already had existing haunted attractions. Mm -hmm. They're already there. But you're like, you know what? I'm used to something different and I think I can provide not not necessarily better because that's subjective, right? And we don't want to call the other mm -hmm. haunted houses in the area bad but just a different experience that might appeal to a greater audience or could draw more people or whatever. You did it, you've been successful. What do you think are those one or two, maybe three distinguishing factors that have really pushed your haunt, I don't wanna say above the others, but to a level where it's like been a success almost from the get-go? Mm -hmm. I think um, first thing you gotta acknowledge is kind of what you mentioned is that different experiences doesn't necessarily mean better. Um, you could take, I like to equate it to films, right? So you could have uh, a Michael Bay film that has uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars into 
um their budget big explosions big everything and some people really love it some people it's not really for them you can have this low budget napoleon dynamite film made on fifty thousand dollars that goes on to win all these awards and so um any type of event or immersive experience is kind of the same and so what i noticed right away is that we we had to figure out what our identity was and what set us apart and um right away i came up with the three a's um i call it my triple a insurance but i told um everyone on my staff this is what every decision we make we have to follow this um the first and the most important thing for a haunted attraction are actors um you can have the scariest building the scariest sets the coolest props but if you don't have good actors to play within that experience people aren't going to remember it and so we knew right away we wanted to invest in our actors and so um the first year being the nonprofit, all the students who worked for the haunt they actually got a disney trip so we were going to go to disneyland we we're going to get behind the scenes tours meet with imagineers um that was canceled because of the pandemic but we made sure that we still, everybody who worked within our haunt got something out of it. We are now at a position where everybody who works for our company gets paid. So we are the first um, haunted attraction in this area that really were like, we're investing actual money into our staff, into our actors, to the kids, to the ticket people, security people, everyone, and making sure that they felt a part of it. So that was the first thing. The second in the AAA was um, atmosphere. And so we wanted to make sure that if our theme is a haunted minds, you're gonna feel like you're in a haunted mines. Um, haunted attractions starting in the 70s, 80s were um, a lot of these JCs, a lot of these nonprofit organizations, and they had the stigma of, oh, it's these black walls with, you walk into a scene and you're an Egyptian scene, and then you walk into these other black walls and you might have um, a Dracula scene. We wanted to create a completely immersive, no black walls, no um, confusion with walking into different scenes, and we're telling you a story and you're going to be immersed into this atmosphere. And so that was number two. And then the third A was attention to detail. And so we really want to make sure that whether it's through our marketing, whether it's through our set design, that we're trying to put on that extra bit of magic um, where if we feel like it's good enough, I'm going to be the one that's like, no, it's not. Let's keep going. And so um, those three things are kind of our core beliefs. And we wanted to make sure that no matter not thinking about the customers, but thinking about our actors, the quality of show. And if we provide that, then people are gonna remember that. And they're gonna think of this as not the typical haunted house that they've been used to. And you know, some people um, really kind of still like that experience that they were getting, but there's other group of people who might not have necessarily known what went to a haunted house, known what one was. We've kind of got to educate the market on a new type of business, a new type of entertainment. Um, because I do think we're a little bit different than what was here before. I love so much that you've already said. And I <laughs> I mean, it's it's rare that I talk to organizers that actually have these, I don't want to say SOPs, but like, hey, these are the three A's and when we make a decision, it needs to follow within these categories. These are the guidelines we're going to use, right? Like, does it either aid in our mission or does it not? And it's either a yes or no question. There, it's no, it's no maybe. Mm -hmm. I think that's something great that any organizer, regardless of the event you're producing, can take on of when you're making a decision, you know, what are the couple, three things, two things even mm -hmm. that really move the needle or that really differentiate your event? 
And is that decision or is that initiative going to get you closer or further away from what you're really trying to accomplish? I think so often we make emotion-based decisions or just because we think it's a good idea without actually thinking of either A, the ramifications of the decision or B, is it even something that our attendees want, you know? Mm -hmm. Or are we just doing, or are we just kind of trying to push the initiative because we want it and we think it would be cool. I think that's really great. Going back a little bit, how did you get the money? I mean, I like events are expensive. I don't yeah. know who you are. Like, how did you even get the, I guess like walk me through, you're like, I want to do a haunted house year one. Like, what does the financials look at that? How did you even get this thing started? Like, like walk me through that for somebody that's maybe always wanted to start an event. They're like, oh God, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. So um, two big things. The first is um, I was very frugal and good at money management. So I did at the time have a, a decent job for my age and um, had been single. And so I, I had saved up a lot of money um, knowing he ate that- top ramen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, um, I'm, I have an entrepreneurial spirit. So whether it was a haunted house or whether it was a restaurant or whether it was something I knew I'm business oriented. And so I'm saving for when I have that correct opportunity, I can have um, the funds and resources to, to act upon that. So that was the first thing. The second thing is the most expensive part about owning a haunted house is location. And so we, we're able to um, meet with somebody, tell them our vision, tell them how we wanted it to go. And this was after that first year of the nonprofit and kind of our fundraising one. I count following that like that. That was more of our nonprofit haunt since 2021. We're more of like that pro level if that even exists. But um, so we were able to tell them what we had done in the past, kind of present a business plan and really get someone to believe in us. And that allowed us to, to get better rates. Um, we were able to get 800 a month off our lease just because they wanted us in there. They believed that we'd be good tenants. Um, they liked what we were doing with the community. We were able to negotiate a balloon payment for that first year. So we had little finances that were due up front. And then after the success of the event, um, we were able to pay, which allowed us to be able to invest in the props and the actors and other things. And quite frankly, because of our vision, we had someone who was able to take a risk and believe in us because if, if we didn't hit the numbers that we projected, they potentially could be out money. And yeah, they'd be looking for a new tenant, but that was 12 months of preparation that they wouldn't see. And so it's really being prepared, um, knowing our stuff um, and just really selling that vision and that dream with the numbers to back it and so that was a big help um after that after the first success it's just constantly reminding ourselves that we have to be no matter how much money comes in we have to be budget focused um and really figuring out what do we want to spend money on we can we go to this trade show um the halloween attraction trade show in st louis um every spring and um i could drop endless amounts of money there and i do i get really excited we go in there oh that prop would be awesome oh that bedroom scene would be super cool and then we have to really sit down and say okay what's most important it's our actors which is our second most highest expense and so um have to continuously remind ourselves that twenty five thousand dollars there is better used than on these couple props because they're going to remember those actors and so um it's really a combination of um having a 
business plan and being prepared and then just continuing to make sure you stick to that business plan um because we went out to what our budget's going to be for the next couple years and what our plans are going to be and so really just staying that with that and then saving beforehand because it did take some capital before yeah yeah and you're out for the nursery point i think so many folks that probably have fantastic ideas and could really produce a, a great experience they get scared because like ah, i don't have the funds to do this you know mm-hmm. or producing a rodeo is going to cost fifty thousand dollars or whatever it's like if you want to do it you're going to figure out how to make it happen mm-hmm. and you guys you were like you didn't have all the money in the world right like you saved up you know you 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 were working with what you had you had this dream you had this vision of what you want it to be and within that you're like you know paying a massive lease payment before the event is not the best utilization of capital up front how can we make this work for both parties you the experience and you know landlord you guys work something out and it sounds like it worked out well mm-hmm. it's like there's so many things you can get creative on you don't need a ten thousand dollar you know animatronic uh, you know thing you can build something out of wood or whatever you know like you don't have to be the best to get it started. Like mm-hmm. you just have to have something. Obviously it can't be crap with, you know, black vinyl walls, but like you have to start somewhere. And if yeah. that means getting your hands dirty, getting spray paint all over your mom's living room, <laughs> like tell her sorry, buy her a bouquet of flowers, but like you're gonna get better. You just have to start somewhere. And yeah. I think that's that's a big it's something I'm passionate about is if you really want it, you're gonna be creative enough and you're gonna go get it. Definitely. You gotta have like solution mindset. Here's the problem. All right, what are all of our options? Because I guarantee you, nothing is impossible. And it sounds like you guys are really great at figuring out how to make the possible happen. Definitely. And and on that point, you it really when you talk when you get down to it, it's just you have to want it and you have to make that decision to work for it. Because I had no construction experience. I hadn't. I didn't know what a pneumatic prop was. I didn't know how to light and configure 12 volt. Um, lighting. I didn't. I didn't really know any of that. I was good at creating business plans, um, managing people, and marketing. And um, luckily, we live in a day and age where you have a thing called YouTube, where if you want to learn, you can learn. And so I, my, I still do this every night. I go to bed watching YouTube videos, how-to videos. I learned how to make four by eight stage flats. I learned how to do scenic design and paint. I learned how to build pneumatic props. Learned how to set up 12 volt lighting i learned what that even meant how to configure everything um and all of that was done through hours and hours and hours of reading and watching youtube and it saved me tens of thousands of dollars because i didn't have to go hire somebody or we did everything ourselves. and um yeah it's it's kind of just if you want it you got to go for it you got to go for it you talked about marketing it sounds like you guys like almost from the get-go drew big crowds that's something i'm super passionate about coming from like the ticketing side of events it's not really our job to market you know people's events for them mm-hmm. but we have a very unique perspective in that we kind of get the bird's eye view of what all of our customers are doing and it's pretty easy to say all right john's doing this he's killing it danny over here he is doing you know uh i don't know radio ads and it's still not working for him and it's super interesting for us to be able to like give back that experience saying, hey, we see this working really, really well. We think you should try it. What are you guys doing for marketing? Is it doing paid ads? I guess like what's your marketing mix right now? Yeah. So the first thing we did was 
we wanted to seem or not seem we wanted to be legit so i went and i knew my favorite logos in the industry for all the top haunted houses i knew who did them so i reached out to him and i was like this guy's gonna do my logo and this guy's gonna do my website and so we invested a lot of uh marketing funds up front to just have that good poster good website good um branded logo um so that when people look and that's their first impression they feel like it's kind of this outside company coming in um the second thing we did is um we're still in an area that's probably 10 years behind other bigger cities so like radio still works um different mediums still work and so we did do some radio ads which is um good in our area kind of um allows us to to start that marketing machine up front and then paying as we go and after we did um some um google ad spending um through our radio station they have the digital marketing department as well so because we used them we were able to get good deals and so um we do um, displaying keyword ads um this year we tried some um youtube ads and some other um streaming service ads i'm not sure if we'll do that again but honestly in our area the biggest thing that helped was um facebook and social media it's paid facebook ads um if you really get good at targeting those and figuring out ways that entice people to share um word of mouth still is really good in our area um and then just guerrilla marketing um flyers and the spirit halloween stores and the costume shops and things that um might be harder in a bigger area and city but for for our location people still want to go to things they hear from their friends and so yeah and I'm, and as you're talking i pull up your website and i've got to say it's fantastic like it's mm -hmm. it's great and you talk about a mining experience like there's straight up a skeleton with like a pickaxe and like one of those mining caps and light like i talk about this a lot and it's something that I think events fall short on is their marketing and their website mm -hmm. presence and really their social media. And it's something I'm very passionate about because frankly and selfishly, the more tickets somebody sells, the more money I make. So I want you to sell as most tickets as mm -hmm. possible as you possibly can. Um, for a multitude of reasons, A, everybody likes to make money, B, it helps you and like C, it means that's more people having a good experience at your event or your attraction or your experience, whatever it is. And it all starts with that first point of contact, that's your website. And I think that's mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, ah, you know, I'll just get like a Weebly website and I won't even put it on my own domain and I'll just ship it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's something it's like, not that any of those, not that Weebly is like a bad site builder, but like put some time into it, right? Like mm -hmm. the consumer experience starts the first time they see your logo or the first time they see your ad or a picture or whatever. And already from your, from your website, if you're, if you're listening and you have your phone, go to nightmaresontheroad.com, all one word. And I already, like the experience is already invoked in me of like, this is like a haunted mine. And like haunted, like mines are kind of normal in Oregon, you know, mm -hmm. like this is kind of like fits, fits the bill. The experience starts here. Yeah. If you, if you, if your marketing website, uh, logo graphics don't look legit from the get go, A, you're probably not gonna be taken seriously and B, it's probably gonna be harder to convert traffic because they're not gonna think you're legit. When I see this website, I'm like, this dude's legit. Let's freaking go. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks. Um, yeah, we, spend a lot of time in concept and the other thing with that with 
quality is consistency. So if you look at that site and you see the skeleton guy, we call him Fred, he, we actually commissioned our guy to create him so that we have a transparent file for him so that when I do my own marketing and posters, I can slap that guy on anything. Um, that little mine shaft in the background, we have the same thing with that, with our logo. So he, um, our designer created all these tools now that we put a lot of now when I'm doing little posters or little social media ads, I could still have that consistent branding and messaging. So it doesn't feel like it's a different organization every single time. All of our posts throughout the month of October, have the same film or feel the same vibe would feature Fred, um, would feature the same type of font. And we really kind of created a brand guide um, that we were like, okay, for this season, that's exactly what we're going with. It all has to feel the same. And our 2021 had a totally different feel than our 2022. Um, yeah, and so um, that was kind of our goal. And we're gonna get a lot more into um, video. Um, I do have a background in uh, film, video making, um, editing, and we did one um, it's a, for our Christmas haunt. It's on our Facebook page, but we didn't do as many as we want, but we're gonna really lean in on that medium for this next year. Yeah, I mean, Video's the new the new great thing. I mean, you guys luckily have one of the probably the biggest layup of um, as far as the opportunity to, to to get like video media. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a complete layup in haunted attractions, right? Yeah. Like any, any place you walk, you can take a video. And it's gonna be pretty freaking cool. Um, I guess somebody who might be struggling getting patrons to their door any suggestions you have you have for them kind of besides like the branding bit which i think is a fundamental pillar mm -hmm. um keep keep going and keep pushing and trust the strategy our first night when we did in 2021 when we went pro our first night i think we had like 63 70 people and a lot of my staff are kind of discouraged and kind of like, oh no, is this gonna be like um, foreshadowing the season? But I knew with haunts generally, it's a bell curve. And we opened October 1st, other haunts in the whole area hadn't been opening to like the 17th or the 20th, like closer to Halloween. So I knew that there was gonna be that learning curve. And by the end of the season, we were, we got up to a thousand one or a thousand a night. And so knowing that that consistency, um, just to not feel discouraged and not give up and also to plan for that. Um, when I'm going to these trade shows, we're taking classes from hunters all over the world. And that story that I said with 73 or 60 or 50 or eight, it's kind of around the same for everybody. Unless you're like the 13th floor established brand that has like 20 different haunts around the nation. When you're coming up, you're gonna have to go through those times. And so you need to just be prepared and to put that into your business plan. Um, uh, just continuing to have that exposure and to get your name out there and whether it's good or bad repetition is super important. And I even struggle with this. Like, I think we need to post so much more on our social media, but if you look at certain content creators, even if you don't necessarily like their content, if they keep coming up on your feed, you start to just take them a little bit more seriously and you start to just you know what they're about, you know what they're doing, and whether you 
think it's ridiculous or not, you're mentally buying into what they're saying. So as a haunted house too, you just need to keep figuring out what's your identity and keep pushing it, push it, push it, push it. And um, if your quality is good enough, people will come. And it might not be where you want it to be right away. Like even to this day for me, like my mind still thinks I'm on a Disney level, but I know I'm not there. So like I'm constantly critiquing myself and my sets and everything. And my wife and like my other staff members like, no, this is really good. And I'm like, but I still learning and you're going to get the skills. You're going to get the experience. And so it's like any other thing you do in life, you have to put in the hours. And so um, just not giving up and just being prepared to fail. Yeah. Prepared to fail. Devin, as we wrap this thing up, is there just like one piece of advice besides the besides the gold bomb that you just dropped already <laughs> and like this whole half hour ahead of time yeah there be like one thing that you wish that you could tell it tell an event organizer whether they've been doing it for six months or 30 years um that maybe you learned the hard way or you wish you would have known um the thing i learned and this is going to sound cliche but if you want it bad enough you can do it there is so many opportunities out there there's so much money out there there's so many experiences waiting to happen and the biggest way you're going to fail is by not trying if you don't go out there and at least put yourself out there in the position to succeed you're not going to and it might not be right away being the owner of a haunt if haunting's your dream get involved in your local market no matter how big or small it is learn get on those youtube videos get on read some books do everything in your power Oh, you there? Yeah. Oh, sorry, my computer went out, sorry. Um, get Do everything in your power just to learn and to that belief that it can happen is actually a super powerful thing. And um, I learned that, like I said, thinking that I knew I wanted to do haunts is like, if you asked anyone who knew me in high school and college, um, right after college, if my dream would was to own a haunted attraction and it actually is to be a top five, 25 haunted attraction in the nation which one day i will get there but it was to own a haunted house and i didn't even fathom that it could be where i'm at at this young of an age and so just continuing to work hard and to not listen to people right as uh for lack of a better term don't listen to the haters just keep keep grinding and bettering yourself and good things will come Devin, you 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 brought up a couple times your age how old are you buddy i am 29 29 you have four years on me all right this episode is going to be called like haunting get getting getting haunted by the young guns or something i'm 25 he's 29 oh, and we're doing big thing yeah. in the industry yes um and we're like literally neighbors this is going to be great yeah you, you you've seen it first here this was like our first date and just wait there's, oh, there's more. Gonna be many more i'm coming up next week for a burger and fries on me <laughs> Burgers and beer, it's all on me. Yeah. Devin, thanks, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate uh, it. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure. Hey, you bet. Thanks, everybody, for joining this week's episode of Event Academy Live with Devin from Nightmares on the Rogue. It was an epic episode. If you hadn't, if you didn't learn anything, your head was absolutely <laughs> in the grave. And he's going to come up and he's going to scare the crap out of you next time. <laughs> uh, anywho, we'll catch you next week for our next episode of Event Academy Live. Thank you for listening to the Event Academy Live Podcast. This show is powered by Fusion. Event solutions for the modern event organizer. Don't forget to like, rate, and review. We hope you enjoyed the show. Until next week. 
keep leveling up, fellow event organizers.